92.7 WFNZ Mac and Bone with you. Um, uh, all right, y'all. Time to sports it up. A lot of Panthers. A lot of stuff for Carolina Panther fans in this final hour. This offseason is freaking crucial. It gets me stressed out just thinking about it. Uh, we will talk about uh, seven execs, NFL execs polled recently. Did they disrespect Dave Canales? We will uh, we will give the details on that and see what everybody thinks on that. That's coming up at 9:25 on the Mac and Bone Show. So stay tuned for that. We'll also spend a couple of minutes too, at the very least, going back in. We've talked about it already, but talking about the Red Hot Hornets with the three-game winning streak right now. This team's actually fun, man. Actually fun Hornets basketball. Bone, it's a beautiful thing. Nick Baumgartner's ready to go. Matt, to talk NFL draft with us here. How about that? Let's do Whoa. it. This is a good Panther hour, though, for the most part. Might not and be his only call. we got a lot of time on our hands here. <laughs> and Nick's going to play a role in it. Um, Nick Baumgartner, senior writer at The Athletic. He's got a, uh, he's got a mock draft out there right now, and uh, I'm sure we're going to get all into the wide receiver's bone. That could be in that 33 range for our Carolina Panthers. Nick Baumgartner joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Nick, hello. Happy New Year. What's going on? How you doing? Good, fellas. How are you? We're, do- we're doing good, man. We're doing good. So on your mock, you actually have the Panthers at 33, and I appreciate you including us. <laughs> Most mockers do not include us without our first-round pick. Know, it's a sign right? of respect. We like it. <laughs> I really appreciate that. But it, it, you have uh, Lad McConkie, I think, at 33, yeah. a, a receiver that I love but I noticed their skepticism with him. Some fans, when I brought him up, oh, 33 is too high. Expl- explain to everybody why you think that's a really good pick for the Panthers right there. Yeah, you know what you're talking about. And those people need to watch Lance tape, I think, because it's. Uh, I think you get lost a little bit. Some The casual fans will get lost just looking at Lad McConkey because he is not a, uh, you know, he's not a first guy off the bus, you know, player. Yeah. He's, he was a three-star recruit. He was not one of George's, like, dud recruits. However, you know, this guy is, you know, first of all, he has uh, agility and burst and speed that will show up at the combine that will surprise a lot of people with his testing numbers. Uh, that all shows up on his tape. Um, he's, a, he's a surprising athlete. I think he surprised even Georgia. He was able to get on the field right away there. But more than anything, uh, this is a guy who is, I think he's, about as good a route runner as you as you'll find, and he's up there with the top guys uh, in the draft, in my opinion, as, as a full body route runner uh, that can get open in the slot, that can get open out wide. Uh, he was terrific at the Senior Bowl. You can't do anything with him one on one out there in space like that. Uh, and to me, he is he is probably the most quarterback friendly uh, receiver in the draft. And when we say that, that's like you know coming back to the ball. Uh, he doesn't drop passes. He reminds me of um, a guy in Detroit right now, Amon Ross St. Brown. That's what Lad McConkie reminds me a lot of. And I think for a team like Carolina and a quarterback like Bryce Young, that is, like, super important. A guy, like, that you can always rely on, and I think Bryce really needs that right now. Nick, who are some other wide receivers uh, in that 33 range that could be Panther targets that fit what they're looking for? Although you could say, based off of last year's wideouts, anyone that can catch the football uh, is possibly an option. But who are some names to look out for? I mean, it's going to be tricky and interesting to see because there could be a run like Lad. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he slips up in the first round. You know, I got a, I had Odane Mitchell, the Texas receiver, who's big and long and explosive. I think he'll be a first-rounder, too, but you never know. He could slip down there. Keon Coleman, same thing. Uh, those are the guys that could maybe fall. It would be a little bit surprising there if they did. Um, more realistically, though, uh, a guy like Troy Franklin from Oregon, 
who can play a couple different spots for you. Xavier Worthy, who's got no doubt speed uh, out there, uh, Texas receiver. I like Malachi Corley a lot. That might be a little high for him. Um, but there's a good handful in there uh, right at 33, and I think the best hope if you're Carolina is that one of those guys falls. And that includes Ladd. I think that he's in that group that could be in the first round. And, you know, maybe if you know there's a lot of tackles in this draft, uh, maybe if there's a run on tackles, or maybe if the quarterbacks get pushed up, you know that that could be a benefit too for Carolina. A uh, guy that we watch play at, at North Carolina. First of all, we had to root for him to be eligible, right? And then the NCAA finally gave right. in. Yeah. Then we watched Tez Walker play, and he was amazingly impressive. And then all the reports out of the Senior Bowl, and, and I watched the game. The practices, the reports were always oh, dropping. He's not playing well. The game, he had chances to make plays and didn't. Is his right. stock dropping? Like, what are, what's everybody thinking of of Tez Walker right now? I feel like, I feel like Tez is flattened a little bit, and it's like it's really hard. And I had him in the third round, and I feel like that was way too low because there's a lot of good. The problem is, is there's so many good receivers, you know, and that's the thing is there's a bunch of guys that did go to the Senior Bowl that did have a really good week, like Corley. I just mentioned him really good week at the Senior Bowl, so he's a guy who was probably a little bit ahead of. Tez, depending on who you talk to, I think Daniel Jeremiah has Tez up there in like 23 or 24 somewhere oh, uh, in the first round. You know what I mean? So, I mean, he's got legit talent, no question. But, you know, it's not consistent. And I think that's what the Senior Bowl showed is that because he had some really good reps at the Senior Bowl, too. Really good ones. But he, then he also had ones that you're like, what the hell is going on here? You know, yeah. so like it's just it's not as consistent as you'd want. And I think that's going to be the thing that maybe pushes him down a little bit. Nick Baumgartner with us, theathletic.com, has a really, really great mock-up right now. Check it out. Again, theathletic.com, doing great work. Panthers also, in addition to wideouts, they need a really dynamic young tight end if they can find one somewhere in the draft. What's the depth of the tight end class looking like this year? Not, you know, I think it's a little bit better than I thought it was originally. Uh, you know, it's after Brock Bowers, there's obviously a huge dip there. Sanders, the kid from Texas, is... Probably a second-round pick, I would think. Uh, Theo Johnson's a kid that uh, from Penn State that played really well at the Senior Bowl and had a really good season uh, for Penn State. Their offense wasn't very good, but you know sometimes you got to really squint there to see uh, some guys playing. But he was a really good two-way tight end. Uh, Kate Stover, Ohio State, is another guy that could probably be there in round three. Um, you know, there's a bunch of guys like that. You know, in the in the later rounds, I think this is a year that you're going to be. You know, last year there were so many good tight ends at the top. This year, I think. It's a sneakier, there's sneakier depth here, but I think you're going to be able to to mine it late. And that's the thing with Carolina is they, you know, they need more picks. I mean, that's the hardest thing for them, and they're going to have to take advantage of every single one of these, especially the uh, the day three ones. Obviously, offensive line, Nick, is a, is another big position of need. Really, yeah. anything that can help Bryce Young is a position of need. Right. The man needs some dang help. So, offensive line, I wonder if they would go interior linemen. Uh, you know, at 33 instead of wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Could they wait to the third round? I know that a lot of people have really hyped up this offensive line class. What do you think about the Panthers? Like, do can they get a guy that can make an immediate impact in early round three, or would they have to do that in round two? What do you think? I think they can absolutely do it in round three, and that's definitely something I thought about. I ended up giving them a corner, but I thought about offensive line for them uh, in the same spot. You got you know you can do a couple different things. Blake Fisher is a tackle from Notre Dame. That I think might be, you know, right in there. Uh, Dominic Puny is a is a guard tackle from Kansas who's really really talented. Um, if you want to just go guard, Christian Haynes um, from uh, UConn. There's really good players that are going to be probably there. I would think Christian Mahogany is another one from Boston College, 
in the third round, and you know it's not just the tackles; it's tackles and some centers in this draft that are pretty yeah. pretty solid in there too. You know what I mean? So that is definitely something that I think if you're going to take a lineman, and I think that it's going to be what do you need more? Do you need a lineman or do you need somebody on the edge there? And it'll be I think you want to do that you know before the end of day two because like you said there there are a lot of really good ones in this draft. Nick, this is a really loaded up quarterback uh, class in that first yeah. round. If Bryce Young was in this class. How do you think hmm. he would rank with the guys that are coming out this year? That's a great question. He'd still be a first-round pick. Uh, I think he would probably be ahead of you – know, that's a tough one. I think he would be right there with Jaden Daniels. I think he would be you know, right ahead or right behind Jaden Daniels, and I think it would be something where he would be gone in the top half of the first round. Not number one overall. He wouldn't be ahead of Caleb uh, Williams or Drake May. Um, I think he would be three or four somewhere in there. And that would still probably be good enough to be top 10, I think, in this class, uh, somewhere in there. Okay, so here's what I'm fascinated to ask you about. Now that we've gotten through our O-line, tight end, and uh, and, uh, wide receiver needs, let's talk about Bryce. Because this, you can only imagine how hot this subject has been, how polarizing it's been. He had a rough, rough year, but you can point to all the stuff around him that wasn't good. What was your evaluation of Bryce last year? Like, how did you feel about him coming out? And has it changed by the way he struggled this year at all? What do you think? I thought last year when he was coming out, my biggest thing with him and Stroud, both of them, were they have got to – and Bryce, I thought you could get away with it a little bit more because he's got – he was a little bit more of an older player in terms of, like, wiser and all that sort of stuff. However, you know, they had to have help. Like, that was the thing. You couldn't send them to a team that had nothing up front and nothing to help. And I think that I watched them in the preseason. I watched, uh, I can't remember which game it was, but I think I watched all of them, actually, the the Panthers preseason games and watched Bryce. uh, I think every snap he took. And it was like, I told whoever it was here, one of our buses, I was like, he's going to get killed. You know, I mean, all year he's going to get roughed up. It's going to be one of these things where there's nobody there protecting him. And you could see it. And I, you know, I live in Detroit, and I, I watched that game that they had with the Lions, and I thought he was kind of coming around. And there were some plays in that game that was. reminded me of the Bryce that we saw last year. But at the same time, it's like he's not getting any help, and when he's getting hit so much like that, it's going to be brutal on the confidence of a young player. And I think that he did an okay job. I feel like of keeping his confidence through it. They've got to do a way better job as a franchise right now of helping him. Otherwise, you're going to end up in a situation a lot like you saw with with Fields in Ohio State. Fields was behind Bryce. Bryce is ahead of where Justin was coming out, I think, as a passer. But the confidence thing, if you ruin it early, it's hard to get back. So that's the big thing right now, I think, is making sure he stays confident. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. Hey, great conversation, Nick. We appreciate it. I love the lad Bacanke. Uh selection is yeah. mock draft. Check Nick's mock draft out, theathletic.com, and you know the Athletic is pumping out draft content big time. Hey, and Brewers got his top 100. Hey, keep doing 33, man. We like it. And we like, yeah. Make you know sure it. you get us involved in the mix, man. You know what I mean? We'll do, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Nick. Thank you, man. Keep up the good work. All right, fellas, thank you. Thanks, All right, there you go, Nick Bumgartner, like The Athletic. Great conversation, great delivery. He has Lad McConkey in the mock. I really, yeah, I'm, I'm fond of him too, Bone. There are listeners, Mac, that don't want Lad McConkey just based off his name. His name, his name doesn't sound great. Could you imagine if the, in the war room they go, well, his name's Lad McConkey? I don't know. You know, I, Cooper Cup doesn't exactly sound like a name that that you know. That's a good point. That's a good point. I, I saw a McConkey for uh, the Giants back in the day contribute pretty big in the NFL playoffs. Phil McConkey. Yeah, I still can't believe they're not related. 
That is amazing to me. Two NFL caliber receivers named McConkie. We'll be doing a subject. Not related. We'll be rating our McConkies at some point during the uh, the draft season. <laughs> My favorite text, by the way, Bone, is uh, did he just say there's an offensive lineman named Puny? <laughs> yeah, I picked up on that too. I had the same thought. It's what is it, Dominic Puny, Kansas State? Yes, yeah. I believe that's and it's it. spelled P U N I. But it is a hilarious concept that the dude probably goes about 320 and his name is Puny. Yes, that got me too. This segment is sponsored by Unbound.org. A girl in Kenya dreams of becoming a doctor. An elder in Guatemala dreams of being part of a community. Reach out and change their world and it will change your own. Unbound.org. We come back. It's a Panther discussion. There was a poll of league executives about rating the new hires, the new coaching hires. We're going to tell you what the results were and was it disrespectful to Dave Canales, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. There were a lot of questions about what kind of player I was and a lot of doubt and skepticism. Um, there were questions about uh, if I was worthy of being taken that high. So my uh, motivation and my main thought at that time was just to come in and prove that I belong, prove that, um, that, that I was one of the better players to come out of that draft. So I had a lot of motivation to come in and perform right away because of all of those questions about, you know, my work ethic and stuff like that. Honest stuff from Julius Peppers yesterday. He had a presser put on by the Panthers talking to the Charlotte area media, uh, media throughout the state about going into the Hall of Fame. He hears it, Bone. I, I always wondered if he heard it, you know, like even when he played here. There were still people, tons of them in our own fan base, that annoyed the crap out of me that would bring up things like, oh, he doesn't play hard, takes plays off. He just gets by on talent. He doesn't really care. He doesn't love the game. And um, he heard it coming out of college. So it makes me think he probably heard it here as well. And how, you know? how foolish do those people look now that that guy right there that you questioned got a knock on the door, Mac, from a guy named um, Bruce Smith. First ballot said, Hall of Famer. Welcome to the club. Well, we fans question that guy, though. First ballot, 90th first ballot Hall of Famer in the history of the sport. And we had to argue about, like, how good he was and stuff. Hall of I, Famer, I always thought that was ridiculous. Hall of Famer number 378, I think it is. I always thought that was ridiculous. Um, but anyway, good for Pep, man. He's a class act, and I'm happy he's going to have these moments. He's also He also went in the Hall of Honor last you know fall. He's named the College Football Hall of Fame. I mean, he is just blowing up. It has been a hell of a like six months, eight months for Pep. Awesome, man. It has been. And now we start going to the Luke Keekley hype train for the Hall of Fame. I want him to do it first ballot. The Smitty thing beyond aggravates me. I mean, like, can we get him in as a finalist? So now we start to go right back to work because we have so many of these great Panther players that are eligible now. Can we go four years in a row with Panther representation? Mills, Peppers, can Luke get in? And then and Smitty, maybe I, I might be another year after that. But can we go Mills, Peppers, Luke, and then Smitty? That'd be pretty Is sweet. that possible? That'd be pretty I hope sweet. Smitty got in this one. I'm just trying to look 
objectively here that he still might have a year after this. But we got to get Smitty to the finalist level here, it's, man. It's, it's a joke, Which is man. just – it's going to get worse and worse over time. It's a time, joke too. that you feel like you have to beg to put this freaking all-time great receiver – into the finalists by his fourth year of eligibility. It's absurd. Uh, how about we just do the eye test on Smitty? I, I saw it. I know it. That's you, a Hall of Fame you player. You saw that, and then did you see his quarterbacks, and did you see his offense he played in? It wasn't the greatest show on turf. It wasn't the Colts offense. Like, it just go watch it really the two, bugs me. Go watch the 2005 Bear playoff game and come back and see me. <laughs> oh, Where my he was God. Sliding down he goal took posts. over. He dominated those corners. One of them was our guy, Peter Tillman. It was. Vasher, I mean, that was a great Bears defense. Matter of fact, he went off on those fools. I'm obviously busy today. I'm going to watch that game today. 2000, I'm ready with that. 2005 Panther Bear game. By the way, his playoff numbers, like on a per game basis, are elite, man. He rose to the occasion in the playoffs. And that's one of the things people say about Pep is his playoff stats here weren't necessarily as good in the games he played. But Smitty rose to the occasion. Did fans man. ever question if Smitty played hard back, back in the day? No, no I noticed not, that didn't no, happen. Not once. I noticed that didn't happen. Anyway, Ryan Khalil, by the way, is eligible next year, too. He's a guy that's going to be, I don't know if he gets in. He went to five Pro Bowls. I'm not sure he gets in. And I wonder about Olsen eventually. Ah. With three thousand yard seasons in a row as a tight end, I wonder if there's a chance for him. I think I think down the line, Khalil and Olsen are certainly uh, on the table. Oh, those were the days. Those were the days when we had no, really think, good players. I think Thomas Davis, I, I think, could have a chance down the line. I see. I don't know. Like he's so special to us. I don't know if he's that level. He, he's gonna. He's gonna this form. Is why you get? He's blocked. gonna form tackle me now this when is he sees why me. You get blocked. <laughs> I got right, you. Anyway. I got you. TD. My bad. TD okay. already blocked me on Twitter. So anyway, anyway, I got my him bad. in there. I got him. In I'm fourth. just. I'm trying to be honest. All right, let's talk. Let's try to be honest about this, okay? And uh, already had a texter say, here goes Mac and Bone homering up for the new coach. Um, you haven't even heard our conversation yet, I, I, but I do want to talk about this. So the athletic Bone talks to seven NFL execs and coaches, right, anonymously, and they rank their top three hires in this class, new class of hires. It includes Jim Harbaugh, Raheem Morris, Mike McDonald, Brian Callahan, Dan Quinn, Gerard Mayo, Antonio Pearson, of course, Dave Canales here in Carolina. And um, so they asked him for their top three. Dave Canales is he and Antonio Pierce are the only ones in the class not to get a vote in the top three for any of these seven execs or coaches. I mean, what do you think about this? You got Harbaugh, who got the most total votes and points. Raheem Morris, second. Mike McDonald, third. Brian Callahan, Quinn, Mayo. And then it's Canales. I mean, even Quinn and Mayo got votes in the top three. And Bone, I'll add something on to this, too. When we talk about the national media not being thinking much of our hire, Boomer Esiason did one of those CBS Sports Minutes and he was talking, he was raving about like three of the hires and of or four of the hires. And of course, Dave Canales doesn't even get a mention. Do you think the national media is disrespecting Canales, is sleeping on Canales? Or do you look at this and say, eh, I understand it. He was only a coordinator for one year. Like, what do you think? He's kind of a, he, he could be a hidden gem kind of, right? He's not as known as some of these guys. So I, I kind of get it to a certain degree. I think he'll outperform the executive ranking. Sporting News, by the way, ranked him the third best hire. So in fairness, Sporting News did acknowledge they think he's the third best hire of this cycle early February as I look it up here. The the one about Dan Quinn, though, kind of cracks me up because Washington Mac got Dan Quinn because Ben Johnson uh, led them astray. They thought they had Ben Johnson. They had to settle on Dan Quinn. So would you rather have Dan Quinn here in Carolina or Dave Canales? 
I would much rather have Dave Canales, the offensive guy. So I think that he'll out. I think it'll be better than Dan Quinn is. Here's the thing. And just I, more to work with right now in Washington in terms of draft pick and money. But still, I, I have to I have to be honest. I look and this is where I ask the question. And am I being a homer? It should be. It should have its own segment with a sponsor. Mac ass. Am I being a homer? But you say Mac ass? I honestly, <laughs> Mac asks. Oh, asks. Am I being a homer? I thought you said Mac uh-huh. ass. I'm like, what, what kind of sponsor is that? Uh, here, it, because, and here's what I'm going to say. I said this a couple weeks ago. Other than Jim Harbaugh, I don't want any of these coaches in this cycle over Dave Canales. I honestly don't. And, and, and a lot of it has to do with our fit. Yes, right? that's the right word. We had a defensive coordinator that's a stud to run a defense that was fourth ranked in the league. So when I look at the defensive coordinator choices, no, I'm sorry. I, I take a Vero run in our defense. But we have a situation where we have a young quarterback bone who has talent but really needs help, needs coaching and guidance. And Dave Canales is the best one this side of Jim Harbaugh to me because McDonald, at doing that of right. all the hirings. McDonald, defensive guy, that's a fit situation here for what they need. Raheem Morris, I would take Canales over him. Then you've got Pierce and Mayo, who seem to be what those franchises need at the moment. Antonio Pierce back is beloved by the players, so Antonio Pierce fits what the Makes Raiders sense. want. Makes sense. Mayo was in the works the whole time for what the Patriots want. And then a guy like Brian Callahan, I, I didn't really want him here. I'm not saying he can't be good. I don't know. But I just thought that Canales' track record I was more into than what Brian Callahan has with the Tennessee Titans. Absolutely. Because Dave Dave Canales has worked with guys. Like, it's one thing. And and I shouldn't say that. The backup Browning did pretty well with Callahan this year. But the Geno Mayfield back-to-back seasons where they both had career years with Canales instructing them, to me, is an amazing accomplishment. And it just, it's central casting for what we need here with Bryce. It just fits perfectly. And it's, and yeah, the defensive guys, like, I'm sorry, we got a Vero running our show. Like, I think we got the best of both worlds. And this is why this Canales hire bone, I said it when, I said it when it was announced. I said, it's a pretty good hire because Bryce needs help. It becomes a great hire if a Vero comes back. And it's a Vero and the whole defensive staff, essentially. I, I just, and again, I get it. I get how this sounds on your radio. I'm the same dumbass that was sitting here last year telling you about Frank Reich as an offensive coach and what he did with Carson Wentz and Philly and it's and, and the and the all-star coaching staff. So I get it, Bone. This runs the risk of being another moment where I hype somebody up in Panther Blue and they let us down. But it's just, I don't know. What I'm saying, does it make any sense? What I'm saying now makes sense to me. All right, we're it gonna, makes sense to me. We're gonna at least. we're gonna add that to the quote board. There, say that one more time, Matt. Nice and clear for us. What I'm saying right now uh-huh. makes sense to me. This goes up there with I do believe what I believe is true. <laughs> yeah, it's really in the same family, isn't it? I, I get I get what you're saying. Also, Mac, I'm not gonna get too worked up because I do kind of understand that Canalis wasn't a name that got brought up a lot. It got brought up a lot here. He didn't do a lot of interviews. He's only been an OC for one year. So I, I do think that he's kind of an unknown. That doesn't mean, though, that he can't be one of the best of the group. But I do kind of realize that some of these guys are more known commodities than Canales is right now. Yeah, it's true. So while I, I do find it disrespectful I, on the surface. I kind of know, like, all right, dudes, and maybe that's okay. Last year, we, we touted the all-star coaching staff, and it came back in it. Bit us in the buttocks. It did, big time. And, and, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I guess I understand it. Like, I'm not necessarily outraged by it. Um, 
I'm just speaking like and every team situation is different. Kind of like you said, I think for us, we've got a very good choice, although I would have taken Jim Harbaugh in a heartbeat right over all of them. I also don't think, Bone, because of some of the big name coaches that didn't get hired here or didn't take job, like Ben Johnson and Slowick just went back to being OCs. Um, then you throw in a Vrabel, Belichick, a lot of people, you know, will bring him up too. Because of a lot of guys who didn't get hired, I feel like the class ended up being weaker than I thought it was going to be. It did. Like the Raheem Morris thing. And I don't know, like maybe I'm severely underestimating him because I know people swear by his leadership abilities. And maybe he's that type of guy that has learned from the first go round and and is going to be that much better for it now. I just look at his defenses. He's never had a defense he's been a coordinator of or a head coach for that has been in the top half of the league defensively. So he's not a defensive guru. I think he's maybe he's the CEO leader type. But I just I'm underwhelmed by that hire in Atlanta. I really am. Much like I said with Mayo and Pierce. They were known to those organizations. If you read about the Raheem Morris hire, Arthur Blank is drawn to him. He's been there before. He's known to there. So some of these hires were guys that they were there or guys that they've known from the past. And I'll say this, too. If Dave Canales is disrespected and not talked about a lot, that's all right. That's okay because that just gives them more fuel to prove all these people wrong. So if there's lists that come out and Canales is ranked low, yeah, I I don't believe in those lists, but – what under the radar once in a while is okay to have, right? Like a lot of people are saying that. This texter says the last thing we need is Mac and Bone and anybody else hyping our coaching higher up. Under the radar and let's overachieve. Um, Dave Canales, by the way, he has taken some of this stuff. Remember when the joke was made at the uh, awards? Which is actually pretty funny. I got to tip it. I got to. I got to tip my cap. Um, but he posted that on Twitter and like reacted. To it, like, but like a thinking man's little. So he's willing uh, to embrace emotion. stuff like this. We had to send this to him on Twitter because coach is active. We had to say, look at this man, prove this wrong, prove this wrong. Um, let's see what else is going on here. By uh, the way, by by training camp, we will be on Canales for coach of the year. Let's just, <laughs> Bagel guy says Homer, ourselves. Bagel guy says Homer Max, my favorite Mac. Ryan says I can already smell it. There's a Panther wagon coming next year. I don't know if it's a nine winner. Don't know if it's a 10 winner. I don't know if anybody will dare get on Willie P's 12 win wagon, but I can tell based on the way Mac and bone are talking, there will be optimism on this show before you know it. You can't, you can't start up another wagon. It's gotta be a different vehicle, literally (laughs) any other type of vehicle because the wagons have not worked. (laughs) I want to go in and I know you're going to laugh about this bone and everybody listening. I really hope I can go in kind of cautiously optimistic for a change. Like, I really, like y'all have it. I really want to have my guards up and say, I said it last week, six, seven wins is a good start for this regime, for Dan and Dave. I want to say that. Mac, you and I, uh, every summer, God, I hope I can. Every summer, you and I fly Air Panthers, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we yeah, can't yeah. wait to get to the gate. And what do we do? We jump on that people mover, don't we? And we go as fast as we can. We want to get there first on that people mover and take us right to our gate. What if this year, Mac, we don't jump on that people mover? What if we just walk slow to the gate? Take our time. Pace ourselves. We don't have to get there right away, Air Panther. We can take our time, and eventually we'll get there. We don't have to jump on that fast like people. It. Pass everybody by. It you and I, good. this year, we pace ourselves. It right? sounds good. We don't get to 10 wins until August this year. It's going <laughs> <laughs> to happen, right? Oh, I mean goodness. this sincerely. You and I are going to pace ourselves. 
And then the positivity at some point of Dave Canales is going to overwhelm us, and we're going to buy in right away. This text he's going to he's going to sell us on this. Dude, Willie's going to have this team winning fourteen games. <laughs> Stanford P says by July, Mac will want six wins in September. <laughs> right? I gotta tell you though, no, be for real though. Like six wins would still be a, a big impression. They can to me, it's not necessarily about the win total. It's about Bryce Young's progress and how they look along the way. They can lose games late. And not have a great record, which will probably happen. But to me, it's about hey, where's Bryce? Does Bryce where's Young the look like the franchise quarterback? Look they can at lose Cam. games, and that's fine. I need Bryce to be the franchise dude above all else. Look at Cam. They went from two wins right to six, but it was a successful first year because Cam proved he can ball. So to what you're saying, if we win six games, triple our win total, and Bryce says he can ball, you know, proves he can ball, that yeah. would be huge. Another texter is doubtful, Bone, that if we can keep our win projections in moderation. This texter says, five minutes on Homer Hill while practice is going on. Mac and Bone will see a player that will completely make them double their we, win projection. Oh, you guys have this team winning the division by the time that we get to. <laughs> we don't have the hill anymore. The hill's gone, man. We're not oh, going that's to, right. We're in Charlotte. We're yeah, not we're, at Spartanburg we're, anymore. We're here in the Homer studio probably most of the time. <laughs> All right. Because Tepper's um, going to see Bel- That Belichick apartment. Because Tepper, <laughs> yeah, let's get that spot. Tepper's going to ban us from He's going to ban us from the facility. Oh, dear God. All right. Oh, man. Let's do this, y'all. Let's do this. Um, it is time for a morning feed from Flown. We got to talk about them Hornets, Flown. Give us, give us the details on the uh, on the new look Hornets. Oh yes, we do, Macker, because that's right. Another win last night for the Hornets. But first, got to tell you about Jackson Hewitt. As apparently my voice is attempting to give out on. Uh oh. Uh oh. Trying to read this, uh, but. Uh, this report is sponsored by Jackson Hewitt. It matters who does your taxes. Why are people saying, Hugh, yeah, this is in the copy, I, I swear. To Jackson Hewitt, find out before it's too late. Hurry into Jackson Hewitt today. You guys going to be saying, Hugh, Hugh yeah? Hugh, when, yeah, baby. Are the go. Panthers going to triple their wins? Hugh, yeah. No, it's not, that's not how I'm supposed to do it. All right, well, the Hornets were saying who, yeah, last night who with yeah. their third straight win as they uh, pick up a 122-99 victory over the Atlanta Hawks. Brandon Miller, 26 points. Trey Mann, 21. The new acquisitions once again with a really strong night. And, uh, guys, three straight. See, We're feeling pretty good. I think we got to bring in a Hornets insider. <laughs> Hornets to inside. tell what us you a little Walker bit Madeline? about what he what, thinks what, about what, what the rest walkie-talkie. of yeah. the season. Walker Mayo? Our Hornets insider, Mark Eugene Gastonia. Mark, are you there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, What's no. up, y'all? He's your Hornets insider, baby. <laughs> Let's get on them You just ooze insider credibility right out of your pores. It's, it's Hubie Clown. <laughs> Hubie Clown. Yeah. Let's get them. Let's get them rally caps going, baby. Yeah. Hey, man. That's some good say. inside information, yeah, Marty. How about you? You give us a breakdown. What do you think this team has playoff potential? <laughs> oh no. Right, we're going to the playoffs, y'all. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. What, what seed will they, what, what seed do you think they'll wins. get? What seed will they get in the playoffs? What? what let's see. Uh, they're going to get OKC in a playoff. So they're going to make the finals? 
Oh, they going to the final. All right, we got it. We got it. Wait, this is, All right, this is there too you much go. there. There you go. We got way, uh, we got big we, insider information there. We wonder why in the sports media rankings that came out last week by Barrett Sports Media, we can't climb to one or two yet. Why we're stuck at three two years in a row. It's calls like that. <laughs> That's on me. That didn't go well. Way to go, Flounder. Was that your whole plan for your update? Is you give the, D, the score well, and then Mark first of all, he did see, I did see where he <laughs> believed that the team was going to make the playoffs. And I felt like it would be a great idea to bring him great in. Great idea. Uh, have him say that they'd make the playoffs. Now, he has the team losing one game the rest of the season that, that and then apparently it. moving to the Western Conference for the first <laughs> round of the playoffs. So I, that, that definitely backfired. I, I know ESPN ABC just hired J.J. Redick to replace Doc Rivers to work with Doris Burke and Mike Breen for the finals. Matt, could you imagine? I'll be Mike Breen, Mac, on the finals call. You be Mark from Gastonia, okay? All right. Uh, let's just think uh, Celtics in there. Jason Tatum, bang! That's right. He banged it right there, Mikey. He banged it, man. <laughs> I don't know. Is that even good? I don't know. That's all right. Bang! By all the right. way, uh, Bone, a uh, flound, a texter says, Jackson Hewitt right now reconsidering their sponsorship of this segment. They actually said, Hugh, no. Well, they heard that call from Mark. It's <laughs> oh, a no. good point. Yeah. Well, there's, there's more because we want to thank our sponsor for the complete segment, Compassion International. Oh, boy, do we need Compassion Have International. Compassion for Mark and us, Families please. in poverty are facing a global food crisis. $50 provides a food kit to feed a family for a month. Just text the word radio to 97646. When we come back, it's the wrap-up. Charlotte 49ers in action tonight. Daytona's going this week in Mac. We have a player arrested in the NBA for punching a player before the game started. <laughs> we explain. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. It ain't no excuse for me not jumping on the fumble. Okay. I should have jumped. Okay. So I'm not even going to give you something because that will be the take that somebody so, yeah. I should have jumped on the fumble. Okay. Straight up. There's no it, the competitor in me, if that happens again, duh. You know what I'm saying? And the this is the Super Bowl. Thanks. All effort goes to like, yo, Super Bowl energy. That wasn't Super Bowl energy. And I think that is what hurts the most. It's like, yo, you don't get an opportunity to go back. It's not promised for you to go back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because the next year, that's when the shoulder injury happened. And oh, the yeah. year following that, that's when the foot injury happened. So you don't necessarily know when it's going to be your time when it's again. Gonna be your time. Like, that was your time to seize the moment. Carpe diem, the words that I live by. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I didn't. So, you know, looking back at it, you will never have an opportunity again. That's Cam talking honestly on his 4th and 1 podcast about uh, maybe the most infamous play in Panther history. Cam Newton not jumping on the fumble. Um, he, was given an, he was given a chance there to give a reason for not jumping on the fumble. And he said, there's no reason in the world not to do it. No one wants to hear me give a reason. Uh, much respect to Cam for that answer. I'm sure that will not appease Bone, the Cam haters that have brought that up 7 trillion times. Since Super Bowl 50. I'm sure it will not. No. But I appreciate the honesty. They'll ignore Cam admitting it. You know, they'll just they'll, they'll move past that stage. Right? I appreciate the honesty. I still believe, Bone, my explanation for it, because it is out of character for Cam, because no dude played the position more fearlessly and sacrificed his body at quarterback more than anybody in the history of sport. Right? The stuff he was not afraid to do. 
So people are like, oh, he was afraid. He was afraid to do it. I believe Bone, he was so frustrated from the way Denver shut him down and the way he was under pressure all night. And Von Miller got him. It was the second strip sack of the game. And I think for an instant, I think he felt defeated. Oh, gee, you know. Damn, you know what I mean? And then I think he was I think he was mentally beaten down by the defense and what they did to him. And, he was. That, and I think that's for, not an excuse for the first instant. He was like you know, gave up for a second. But if you watch it, he then a second later goes back in to try to get it, and at that point the ball squirts away from him and he can't get it. It wasn't like he walked off the field. It wasn't like he fumbled the ball, started walking off and said, "Ah, hell with this." But it was an instant of probably frustration. It's not cool. It sucks. It's a bad moment moment for Cam, but I've always thought that was the reason for, you know what I mean, for. Mag, we have a texter that has convinced himself and is upset with me that I don't think the Hornets are going to make the playing spot. They are 10 and a half out with 28 to go, and I'm looking at the schedule right now. They play seven of eight on the road after the All-Star break and the one home games against Milwaukee. They play Milwaukee back-to-back games, and they're, it's ridiculous I got to say this, their March schedule on, Listen to this. Phoenix, Philadelphia, Orlando, Cleveland twice. They have not played Cleveland this year. Cleveland twice. Golden State, the Clippers, Boston, Orlando, OKC, Dallas, Boston, Cleveland. That ain't a fun schedule. That ain't Guys, a fun schedule. I, it's, fun. it's a fun team. Can we just enjoy them and not have to worry? They're not going to – it would take a miracle of miracles for them to be a playing team. All right. So, I've done, everybody. so I've done some math on this, by the way. I've done some math on this before it was even asked. Okay? I've done some math. Um, the Hornets are at 13 and 41 right now. They have 28 games. The Hawks, we actually picked up ground on them. They're in the 10 spot. They're seven games under 500. Let's just say the pace for the 10 spot ends up 10 games under 500. Right now it's seven games under. Let's say it ends up 10. So then it's 36 and 46. To tie the 10 spot bone, we would have to go 23 and five the rest of the way. Also, can we pull it off? You no, board? No, you say, okay, well, the Hawks tank. <laughs> they're still eight no, games. No, they're not tanking. They're just dropping, like, they're seven games under 500. They drop down to 10 games under 500. Like, I don't think that's anything crazy. Now, us going 23 and five might be crazy. <laughs> oh, what I was saying was. That part even, might be crazy. Even if the Hawks were awful and kept losing, they're still, they're still eight games behind the Nets. The Nets are not good, and they're eight games behind the Nets. The Raptors are still in the way. So the Hawks could go under. Who's to say the Nets don't get in the they have the they, fact you don't want to dream with us, Bone, is frustrating. It is very fr- the fact you don't want to dream, my friend. Would you put a futures bet that the that the, the Hornets make the playoffs? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, man, Mitchie, you couldn't pull the trigger sooner on these bad boys. But this guy's, it's a shame the trade t- trade deadline's that earlier in the season. I mean, this guy's convinced himself. It's fine to have hope. But, I mean, come on, man. Is that Mark be- from Gastonia's burner? I don't know. Is that man. what it is? Mark said it's going to happen, though. Should we? Shouldn't we just trust Mark? I mean, could he be wrong? His we we tracked his projections on Twitter years ago. He was ninety six and three fifty eight in predictions. <laughs> oh, guys, about my record though. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna be mad at him. All right, let's see what we have here. There's no doubt, man. It's a fun team. Yeah, let's enjoy this. And moment. we've added some pieces that that are uh, that are bringing energy and bringing shooting, and it's fun to watch. All right, let's see here. And at some point, we'll add Lamelo, and I don't know about Mark Williams to to this mix. Here at some point. All right, let's see what we have on the text line. I do want to mention duels at Daytona tonight. I cannot wait. Um, Joey Logano on the pole. They did qualifying last night, but the duels are tonight. That should be fun. And Charlotte playing UTSA tonight as the Niners look to um, get a little, you know, 
try to make it two in a row after that law disappointing loss to South Florida. All right, let's see what else we have here, Bone, on the text line. Uh, this texter says, Baycott should have shut his big mouth talking about the ACC going to run through him. It hasn't aged well. It's To be <laughs> fair, he is not the biggest reason that they're losing these games. No, but the comment... But he, said it, he said it, though. Yeah, the comment hasn't aged well. He said I don't it, believe his comment is why they're losing. I just believe the comment is becoming a punchline, you know? And, it, and now <laughs> it's not going away anytime soon. Now, they do have a lot of home games to rectify a lot of things here. But Saturday is crucial. If they lose that game to Virginia Tech, it's it's we had had our they're, first, getting it. they're getting it on we Saturday. We had our home. first. If this thing ends badly, fire Hubert text in a while today. Yeah, that started unfortunately. Which is just asinine. Flounder's burner. Oh, it wasn't your burner, Flounder. Uh, Flounder, this guy's got a great reason. He has figured out why the Tar Heels can't win on Tuesdays. Lost the last three Tuesdays. He says it's uh, because it's Taco Tuesday. Does that mean they all have tummy aches after eating the team meal that night? What, what's it, what's, I, what's I, the connection? I, I, don't know. <laughs> I wish it was Taco Thursday. Uh, I want I want to enjoy a nice scrumptious taco. Did you see this one about Willie P? Someone suggested the celebrity they most want, most want to watch the Super Bowl with is Willie P. Great food and great conversation. Yeah, you say that now. Great burner. Seem, great is that seem, burner? Great seems strong. <laughs> all, all right, right all, all right, food and decent conversation. <laughs> you think he would do the play-by-play in the Mickey voice for you while watching the Super Bowl? All right, we got to get out of here. Y'all good work out of Bone Flound. Jeff Ricker coming up next. It's one of these mornings where I feel like I can smell my own breath. This guy says Mac is turning into an old woman. I'm definitely turning old. I don't know about the second part you can debate. Right, Gene, we're out of beer nuts, Gene. It should have its own segment with a sponsor. Mac ass. You gotta get out of here. You gotta go, GD. GD, get out. Your horn is inside her, baby. That's right. He banged it right there, Mikey. He banged it, man. I have a question then. Is it good?